Here's your host, Wade Lentz and Harold Smith. Hey, uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. You don't have double vision. There is actually four people here because Wade and I are at a conference at Lee Creek Baptist Church called the Preachers of Grace Conference, which is a conference I've hosted for. This is our 10th year. And Wade said, you know what we ought? We got all these mastermind preachers in here, all these great theologians and, and battle-scarred veterans of the cross. He said, we ought to pull a couple of them in a room and do a podcast. And I said, that'd be great. And then I realized I'm the one with all the podcast stuff that I have to drag down here and set up. So Wade shows up with three microphones and three headsets and other headsets fit these jacks. So the most untechnical guy in the room is controlling the sound. So anyways, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. So, you know, Wade, you know, me, Harold, uh, this here is Brandon Harrell. Brandon is, where do you live at Brandon? Hendersonville, North Carolina. And this is Eddie Ragsdale. And you are from, I live in Shirley, Arkansas, Shirley, Arkansas, Shirley, not (laughs) I've heard that a time or two. Don't call me Shirley. (laughs) All right. We're going to talk about missions and we have no agenda. We're just winging it. These guys have not been given a list of questions that they're going to be asked. They have no idea what's coming, but this is the perspective. Wade and I have said many times we've longtime Southern Baptists that have left and we, we do independent Baptist missions and we've done it a number of ways. I'm currently am a missionary and work with uh, struggling churches. And so, but I know as, as 14 years of the last church I pastored, we did missions a certain way. So what I'm hoping to do today is Wade can share a little bit about how he did does missions. Eddie can talk a little bit about what they're doing. Brandon pastored the same church for 11 years and is now a missionary himself seeking support. He can talk about what he sees from his background. So we'll just start out with that. Brandon, why don't you tell us exactly what you do? Well, it's, it's multifaceted. The, the ministries are called the Russian Bible Society. Global Baptist Missions, and then one of the more familiar sides is Revival Literature. With Revival Literature, it's a, we publish Christian books. Uh, kind of the central aspect of that are the writings of James A. Stewart, the Scottish missionary evangelist um, who uh, went to be with the Lord in 1975. God used him mightily around the world in revival, and he wrote several books. And so we publish his writings, some that his wife wrote, other uh, Christian authors that understood revival. And obviously, revival literature, the focus, revival, prayer, it's on that and uh, things like that. And then with the Russian Bible Society, we oversee the translation and distribution of scriptures and other Christian uh, literature into the languages of what used to be um, the Soviet Union, countries of of that uh, background. So we do that. And uh, also, we've translated some of the books we publish and other Christian books uh, into the languages as well and had them distributed in the country. Um, and then with Global Baptist Mission, we have a mission board. It is, uh, it's really just, it's not your typical mission board. A lot of mission boards uh, kind of uh, trying to take the place of the local church. We're not doing that. We basically just handle the support of the missionaries that are with us. Um, we make sure that they get 100% of everything that comes in to them. We don't take a dime for those services for them. And then just try to help them raise support and anything they need while they're on the field. Um, and so I worked here uh, in the ministries with the former director, Brother Bob Doom, back in 2012 uh, to 2017, about four and a half years total. 
And uh, at that time, felt like the Lord, you know, put the ministry in our heart, but just needed to focus on the local church. I pastored there. And so I stepped away in 17. I became a member of the board of directors for our society in 18. And then Brother Bob passed away last year with uh, COVID. And uh, as soon as the Lord took him home, the Lord, he started working in my heart about coming and labor full time with the ministries. And so we resigned the pastorate and have been on the road raising support uh, since April. It's coming along, but uh, it's a it's big shoes to fill. Our director, Brother Ben Wilkerson, who is actually brother-in-law to Bob, uh, both of them married daughters of James. My brother Ben's directing the ministry. He is a pastor of Grace Fellowship Baptist Church in Skyland, North Carolina. Uh, actually, it's Arden, North Carolina. Uh, that's where we're attending and tend to join there. And, uh, uh, ministries will be under the, uh, the ministry of that local church. Mm. Good. Uh, we are handmade to the local church, but we've got a heart to be a local church ministry. So, yeah. That's where we're at. That's a good explanation. And Eddie, you're a pastor at First Baptist Church, Marshall, Arkansas. You've made some changes to the way you're doing missions. Why don't you kind of tell us where you've been and what you're at? All right. So we are currently still an SBC church officially. Uh, However, last year, uh, me and my son went as messengers to Nashville, um, and I don't want to get into all the politics. Sure, SBC. sure. We're not everybody, trying to get you to dog already, it. We're just want to. Everybody know. already pretty well knows what's going on with that. But we came home and we we didn't want to have a, a knee jerk reaction. But what we did want to do is be faithful. And basically, what we decided as a church was that you know the the fight in the SBC or whatever was going to go on politically with the SBC wasn't going to be something that Marshall was going to be able to play a big part in one way or the other. But what we could do is be faithful with what God had given us. And so um, moving into 2022, when we set our budget, um, we pulled all of our funds from the cooperative program and actually increased a little bit uh, what we were going to do each month and really looking at what Lee Creek had done. And I think that I called you, Wade, and we talked a little bit about what Beryl does. And, and I talked to a few other brothers who, um, uh, who were doing something like this in their churches. And basically, we picked 12 ministries, and some of them are more like local ministries. Uh, Some of them are foreign missions. And basically, what we said is we want to support all of the range of of important ministries that we would have been supporting with the cooperative program. So some of our cooperative program dollars would be supporting theological education. So we wanted some in that realm. Um, majority, we would hope, would be supporting international missions. So most, the, the biggest part of what we do is international missions. But then we also have some some things that we're doing here in the in North America, and then even some that we're doing here in Arkansas. And so, basically, we picked twelve different ministries. We gave them each a month, and that month it's in our bulletin every week. We mention them from the from the pulpit every right. week. We pray for them. Every week, encourage our people to pray for them, try to give a report about what's going on with that missions agency or ministry or church or whatever it was, and uh, try to support them through yeah. prayer and through giving. So that's Good. that's pretty much where we're at. Yeah, that, that's I know that's kind of the Lee Creek, what we did here, but it, it didn't originate with me. I, I stole it from Charles Spurgeon. He had 52 ministries. Lee Creek's no, uh, no New Park Street Chapel, so uh, or no Metropolitan Tabernacle. So we had 12 ministries that we supported. We did once a month. But Spurgeon's Sunday night offerings each week went to a different ministry cause. And um, I, I think that's a, it's a good way to emphasize missions. But it's not the only way. I mean, obviously, 
Wade, y'all do it a little different. How do you do it at Barrel? Yeah, let me just quickly say one of the reasons why we're talking about this today is because of the so many pastors and churches are leaving the SBC, and a lot of them have no clue what to do since they have for years just been given their money to the proper program. And uh, matter of fact, when I talked to our church about leaving the SBC, the first thing they asked, well, how are, how are we going to support missions? And I said, well, the way the Bible, you know, lays it out in the book of Acts, you give your money directly to missionaries and bypassing the, the cooperative program that the church was so used to do, used to doing. So this is one of the reasons why we're doing this is to maybe help you pastors out there or church members who are who are contemplating these changes in your church. And uh, maybe you can, this episode will help make that transition a little bit easier. But uh, yeah, we support missionaries uh, personally. We know them. And that was one of the biggest things with me in the SBC is that there was a great gulf between the missions giver and the missions receiver. And I asked our church, I said, hey, name me one missionary that we support. Not one person in that room could name one missionary that their money went, went to. And I said, that, that's a shame. Yeah. yeah, You ought to have a relationship with these guys. You ought to know them and you ought to uh, uh, be able to pray for them specifically, know their needs and so forth. And so by us doing that, it has really increased uh, the motivation of missions and uh, the giving has increased greatly. And for us, it has been a blessing. Um, it was somewhat a, of a difficult transition at first, but once we got over that hurdle, the Lord has really, really blessed us. So, so what does your funding look like? I mean, you're not doing one one a month like Eddie does or like Lee Creek. How, how do you we, work We that? do faith promise missions giving. So take it out of 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, where those who give and those who have excess give as they are led by the grace of God to give in that excess that goes directly to missions. So, so they they're give, given a designated mission offering, not right. just putting one check in the plate and y'all taking a percentage out and right. sending it to little rocker. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. And it's really worked out great. It, uh, and then how do you select missionaries? Do you just, does that, was that divided over missionaries that the church has decided to fund? We have a missions team. And ever so often, we'll get a letter from a missionary who is in need of support, and we first interview them. And then if we feel led that this missionary is worthy of our support, then we'll bring him before the church and let him share his, uh, his ministry with the church. And normally, the church agrees that, uh, that we okay. him. Good, good. All right. So as Wade kind of alluded to, a lot of people ask me, like, well, if y'all are not contributing to the cooperative program, how you fund admission. And so that's kind of why I wanted Eddie to talk about what he was doing, Wade, what you're doing. And, and since Brandon was here, Brandon, tell us just, I, and I, I don't want dollars and cents or how does you, you have three different mission, uh, mission agencies under one umbrella, which is, I think is just a great thing. You've got all of the administration and you're running three organizations out from under it. And that, that really cuts down on a lot of the needed things. But you are the assistant director, yet you do not receive money from the any of these mission agencies, right? Is, right. is that correct? You're, 
you're supported separately. Is correct. that correct? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually missionary supported just like any missionary. That, there's, there's a few reasons that's been kept separate. Um, one of the things, uh, brother, brother doom just believe that if you really be able to help me, um, you're going to have to get closer, but it also, it also helps, um, as far as, um, um, it, it also, it also helps as far as the ministries themselves, because you get into all kinds of stuff, IRS and everything else, who would pay me, you know, who would, which ministry would do this, which ministry would do that. And then you're worried about your time and things like that. And so it helps for those purposes as well. But also, um, I feel like it helps me to be equally invested in of the ministries. Um, now we pay for the day-to-day stuff. We pay our secretary who's now my wife at, uh, left the bank and she's doing that job. Now it was just Renita Cox for you. So we pay those positions where those things are taken care of. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it, it helps me to understand, I guess where coming from these are. And, um, you know, at, at one point there, it wasn't a position where the ministry could. Yeah. Um, and, uh, when this ministry first started, brother Stewart really funded everything that done through the sale of books. and uh in years gone by that's kind of dwindled as far as uh just even a lot of the people that knew about us died out and so one thing i've been hoping and praying that the lord would do is let us reintroduce them to people that don't know and right. forgotten us um to bring those things in but keeping those things separate then what's coming into the can go directly to the uh, for instance um two years ago we saw the completion of the received text ukrainian training. Brother Europopchenko trained when he got out of high school, realized the need, uh, went to Moscow, trained in Greek and Hebrew. He's a brilliant uh, linguist. Uh, then began to translate the scriptures because the Ukrainian Bible that was available had never been accepted by the still using the Bible. And so he'd been plugging along at this for years. Uh, actually, at the time I worked at the ministries, Brother Bob found out about Brother Yura, brought him to the States, and found out his philosophy of translation, things like that, started helping him raise money. We were able to help him hire a team of translators. And two years ago, the project was completed for the New Testament. And Brother Bob being missionary supported. Now, it was a little different Brother Bob. Brother Bob was a missionary already when he came off the So I'm starting from scratch on that. Right. I left the church and I've been raising support. But God's been helping us. Um, and just as far as the as the the way missions are done, of I know several do faith promise. What we did at the church was similar to that. Um, but as far as the logistics of it, we did it a little different. We actually, when I went there, uh, we had three missionaries. One got a hundred a month, and two got fifty. A month. And I said, "Well, why don't we first order a business? Let's move everybody to, uh, especially nowadays, 50, 50 bucks in my gas." You know, I said that way it's actually helping them. It's actually making an impact. And then from then on, when we take a missionary on, that'll be the end. So, uh, the way we kind of just did it, if somebody in the congregation was somewhere and got wind of a missionary that they thought was worthy of support, or if I saw somebody that I felt like the Lord would have us to. I would bring them in. We'd just let them preach ministry and usually have them preach on the field. And uh, then the next business meeting, that would end up being a new uh, order, a new business. We took them on like that. When I left the church, um, I think we had 19 missionaries and we'd raised it from a hundred by then. Um, and then even individuals would get a burden for a missionary. And so they would take a missionary on personally and funnel that through the church. So it's local church. Right. And, uh, and so we, that's how we did it. And, uh, and that's really the, most of the churches that I've encountered, they're doing something very similar to that. Right. The faith promises to give you an idea of where the church that will be at grace. Um, and so that's kind of how we, we handle that. As well. And the, the support you're receiving, I'll just tell you the support I receive for the work I do usually comes in the form of hundred, 150, $200 increments. And those are from individuals. I have one individual sends me 50 a month 
And people say, well, you can't live on that. I, I know. But what happens is, is you get a number of yep. churches coming together and they're all sending you 100, 150, 200 a month. That adds up. And the reason it's better to have a bunch of churches sending you small amounts is if that church falls off the map, falls into doctrinal error, yeah. whatever, it, it only affects you at $100 a month if something goes south. And so it's better to have a multitude of people. And you see that in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, where Paul instructs them to lay aside. And he says, sure. as I've told the churches in Macedonia to lay aside. And so everybody was putting money together and it added up to a sum, you know, a larger sum total. This is what happens in the cooperative program in the Southern Baptist Convention, except you're funding entire agencies in there and they're all taking their little pool out of it. And by the time it gets to the missionary, there's no direct tie, as Wade said, sure. from the missionary back to the church. If I could interject, right go right there, ahead. One of the things that I tried to ensure took place was number one, we had met the missionary, we'd shaken their hand, we'd heard them, they'd done that among us. And month, every month when we got a prayer, every Wednesday night, I would spend the first part of our services reading those, prayers, right. giving out those emails. Them. And I would encourage our people, you email the mission. Let them know that you're a member of a church that supports them and that you're praying for them. And it, it puts their skin in the game. It's not yeah. just throwing money at something. You don't know where it's going. You don't know who's doing what. And this way, you've got people. You know your doctrine. You know that they're, they're pre heard that they, you've heard them preaching and actually understand it. You know. Right. And so that kept them before the people. And uh, and let, let me just say to missionaries out there, send prayer letters. Keep your churches and, and the, those that support you abreast of what you're doing because it is so critical. If you don't send a prayer letter two or three months, then they've not read it. And what you're calling a prayer letter makes up a lot of our New Testament. Sure. It's Paul Absolutely. sending It's yes, Paul sir. sending a report yeah, here's and answering, here's what we're doing, yep. here's what's going on, and, and that should still be going on. And no, it's not inspired. It's not kept in a role <laughs> right. that we yeah. preach from, but that's basically what they were doing. Sure. Whether it, You can't tell me that, that second and third John are not prayer letters. Right. They're short. They're simplistic. It's, I plan to go here. If so-and-so comes by, you help them. I'll deal with diatrophies when I yeah. get there. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's all he's yep. saying. And so you make a great point, but here's what our conference is geared towards preachers. It's preachers of grace, but we've turned it kind of into a mission conference in that we try to have four or five or more missionaries here so that while we're preaching and fellowshipping, somebody gets up and says, Hey, like uh, Cole Dixon did, Hey, I'm preparing to go to Turkey this morning. Last night, Danny Thursby gave an update on Grace Bible Theological Seminary. Um, tonight, you'll give an update and tell us what you're doing to the to the group. And then uh, Vincent Troxell will do that Saturday. I'll probably give a little update on what I'm doing Saturday. But the whole purpose of this is to introduce people. And while you're here, somebody can sit down with Brandon Harrell and say, hey, what do you believe about this or that or what's your views? And, and you can make that connection. We had... Um, we had Josh Wormley here year before last, and that was 2020. That was a COVID year. Yeah. It was down. Yeah. And Josh met people. Didn't you take Josh on for support? Yeah, yeah. We Josh was our met. Okay. I was able to have a couple of kind of walk sure. you know, to our church. So, yeah, that was really good. Lee Creek took him on because they, I mean, when you hold a missionary's baby and you look at them and you're going, all right, you're going back to Kenya. And your dad's going to try to smuggle himself into Somalia to train pastors 
we need to make sure your dad has enough money to keep you in diapers, you know, and there's something about holding missionary babies and knowing that, yeah, I'm, this guy's going to take this kid overseas for the next three years. That kind of relationship can only be built one-on-one. And so we supported him. You supported him. Gary Fitzpatrick supports him. Uh, the church I'm the interim pastor at has come to know him. They're supporting him. All of that was just through one weekend at a preacher's right. conference. And uh, and that's just the churches that I know that were here that support him. And so that's the way it works. That's the way it should work. You know, uh, in my opinion, that's the way it worked in the New Testament. People encountered gospel preachers, heard what they were doing, felt convicted that they need our help. And they knew him. And if you look at the end of Paul's letters or really anybody's, any New Testament writer's letters, there's all these greetings. Say hello to Epaphroditus. Say, mm-hmm. you know, greet Gaius, my brother. And this kind, this level of personal knowledge of what's going on is what I think is absent in a lot of today's mission work. And that's one thing. I, and I've been, I've been part of Free Will Baptist Church, the Southern Baptist Church, the Independent Baptist Church. You are my favorite Free Will Baptist preacher. <laughs> I mean, I've been in all of them. And uh, it's a, it's amazing. It seemed like for years, the draw for a lot of people to the SBC was the mission. But that was one of the things that always, for me, was like, yeah, I like this way because you have the personal connect, right? the relationship. With the- I've got missionaries we supported at the church that I still text, regular, call regular. They're right. praying for me now recommended me to churches and things, yeah. you know, and because there's a relationship. Yeah. A good example of that is that Eddie, you took a mission trip. You took some of your church members to Utah, correct? Yep. Just got worked back. for a, a church plant there, worked mm-hmm. alongside with them. Again, having that personal connection, your church, those of uh, who went uh, know this man and family right. personally it makes a difference. Doesn't hey, it not? Yeah. Just, before you get started, someone took Eddie's cloak and tunic too. They did. Oh, they did my. do that. Mine and my youngest sons, and a young woman from our church. and They, they got were, their clothes stolen on a mission trip, yeah, and they yeah, weren't they, skinny dipping either. No, they, they broke into our van in Denver, Colorado, as we were staying in the hotel that night, and they took, um, they went through everybody's bags, but they took, they took all my stuff and this young woman from our church and my youngest son, they took all. Of so we're stuff. looking for a guy that looks about your size, one yeah. your son's size and one, the lady from the church. Yeah. 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 That's probably what it is. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so that church, so, so for example, the church you're talking about, we work with a church plant in West Haven, Utah, which is kind of a suburb of Ogden. If anybody knows where that is kind of North of Salt Lake city, but we work with a church plant called Sojourn church and um, Sojourn. Um, very aligned with, you know, what, what we would believe here, you know, 1689 guys. And, um, and we made them our ministry in June, since we knew we were going to be going out there and we were already picking 12 ministries and they had kind of been left hanging by NAM because of some of the NAM rules. And so we said, Hey, NAM's not going to support them, but we are. So, um, so, uh, we were able to even able to help them like that, along with going out there and being on mission and working alongside them and seeing what God was there in their church. You know, growing up ever since I was converted, I've been a Southern Baptist. I've always been a member of Southern Baptist churches. And I was always told you got to do it this way. This is the most efficient way the the, the cooperative program is the best miss, mission sending force that has ever existed in the history of humanity. Right. And that's all I'd ever been told. And I'll be honest, uh, in this bit of a confession, I just accepted, you know, I didn't, I didn't really look into it. I just went, 
well, they're telling me that it's the best thing that's ever happened. And you know, I've, I've, uh, I'm the president of our local ministerial alliance. So that's crossed. And in talking to some of those guys, uh, their denominations tell them the same thing. The assembly of God guys, they, they say, Oh man, we've got the best mission city. And I <laughs> yeah. said, uh, Hey, if their guys are telling them that, uh, how do I know the SBC really uh-huh. is or the corporate program? And, and it probably really is because we know it biggest and all that stuff, but bigger isn't always better. Right. And, and a part of that is, you know, we were talking about knowing the, these missionaries, well, you go to the Southern Baptist convention. So they just had the one in Anaheim or the one last year in Nashville. Well, you can go to the preacher's conference on Monday and they're going to, and they're going to have a service that night where they're going to install all these missionaries. And then the next day they're going to, they're going to tell you about it during the, during the, the session of the business. And you're going to see all these missionaries that are being ordained. They're being sent out. But here's the thing. How do I know that they are faithful men? I, I've got to be yeah. trusting the IMB or NAM or whatever entity. Yeah. And I'll be honest, a lot of those entities have lost trust with yeah. many of us in the SBC. And so I look at that and I say, I, I don't really, one, I don't know if I can trust that those are faithful. They may be. I'm sure that a bunch of them are faithful. But if, if, if we're sending 50 guys to the mission field, if 40 of them are faithful, but we're sending 10 guys that aren't, I mean, you're, you're saying that well, I need to celebrate the sending 10 guys who aren't faithful. And I don't even know that, but, yeah. but I'm just saying we don't know that because we right. don't know them. Whereas I'm able to look at this list of these 12 things that we're supporting. And I'm like, we know these guys when we know they're, and if they're not faithful, if we find out, Hey, we find out something we didn't know, well, we yeah. won't support them again next year. Right. Or and you will find out. Right. right. Or, or there's a church attached to them. Like you were saying, where you're going to join the, the, this church right. that you're at. I'm still a member at Lee Creek. If somebody has a problem with me, they can call Joseph Allen. He can take it before the church and they can discipline me. Right. And, yeah. and, and that's the second thing I was going to say. I think we need more direct connection uh, between, even if we're supporting missionaries through missionary societies, I don't think there's anything wrong with the I missionary don't society, but the missionary society still needs to see itself as serving the local church. Right. We're serving the local church to help them send missionaries, not we send missionaries and churches, you ought to give us money. No, yeah. no, no. The church is sending the missionaries. The society helps to, to coordinate some things that churches can't do. But the point is that churches send missionaries. Yeah. And that has really been a big change for me, um, just in moving from the mindset of, well, we send our, our money cooperative program, and however many cents of every dollar actually makes it to a missionary or actually makes it to this or that entity. And we know a lot of that's getting getting yeah. ate up in the bureaucracy. The other thing that has really struck me about changing to this this way of of thinking about uh, missionary support is really just seeing how we're able to be directly connected, not just with the missionaries, but as a church, thinking about each month. Okay, this is who we're giving to. This is how we're giving, and and really thinking about how that we're being faithful in our giving in that in that that sense. And so I just think that so often. We've been told just just give the cooperative program, and honestly, that's like somebody coming along and saying, "Hey, I've got a brand new diet, Harold, and here's what it is: you eat pie and barbecue every day. You want on that diet, and we're going to say, "Well, I want on that diet. He's yes, been, that's the diet. That diet. That's the work. diet. <laughs> here's the, here's the, the reason why we want on that because it's it's that's easy. That's what I already want to do. Yeah. And so I think in some ways that they've sold the cooperative program as 
Well, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. It really yeah. leads to we can be lazy. Yeah, absolutely. We can be and lazy. And when you get lazy, other people become uh, kind of sneaky and you end up in the position where you're in now where a lot of stuff's going on. People just had no clue. Right. You know, so another thing you'll find over time, Eddie, is, is your people get to know these ministers and ministries. You'll see their giving each month fluctuate based upon how interested or uninterested they are in that particular ministry. And, um, it's uh, It gives people the flexibility to say, you know what, we're not going to go eat out after church tonight. We're going to send that money to this guy over here this week, kids. And and that's I think that's the way we're called to give. We're called to give sacrificial uh, to the church, to missions. And yeah. I just, the way people become serious and sacrificially give to know exactly who they're giving to. And, and it's it's quality, not, I, I feel like a lot of times as a pastor, I was getting calls weekly. I'm sure I could say weekly of missionaries. Um, an organization in Georgia found, got my number somewhere, and I was getting a call from a missionary with them every other week. And I, so as a pastor, I could have had a myth if I'd wanted to. But quality over quantity, I would I would try to look for those who are genuine, who are going to work, and then give them enough to make a difference in their lives. A lot of churches I've been around, they want to have a 1,000 missionaries, nothing. They're just you're not doing anything. Yeah. You All can right. brag about we have this many missionaries, but what is your money? Yeah. And uh, and and I understand not wanting all your eggs in the same basket and things like that. But but do enough to make an impact. Sure. And 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 support works are trustworthy. Matter of fact, that same mission board out of Georgia, I found out, and I had I had I had fielded several calls with them. I didn't have any liberty to have any of them come. Just still right. And found out that the director had, had an affair or something, some scandal broke out. And so those guys were dropping off that mission board and right. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I never had anybody come that I didn't and had contact with. Right. And so that's a that's one aspect. And that's then too, just good shepherding. Yeah. Well, it's it's just you have to be, you have to have your head on it. And then the other thing I would mention, and this is something you're talking about fluctuations in when when we first started getting serious about missions and really trying to give the missions. We were eating the budget, man. I mean, we were, you know, our general budget. And so there was like, I could see a hesitance in the people. And and just like in your own budget, you start, you got more going out than you do coming in. You start looking and saying, all right, what do I need to do here? But I noticed a hesitant even in what we'd already had. And we just prayed. And I said, we need to pray because we don't want to go backwards. In the, and we just started, we took on a couple more. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I know, man, we can't get rid of it fast enough. Yeah. Even like with COVID. Um, the, the first year COVID hit, our general budget doubled. And it's wow. just the Lord because yeah. people were still faithful. Mm-hmm. We we made up our minds. We've got commitments to these missionaries, COVID or no COVID. We're going to meet those commitments. And God God blessed it. We saw amazing things. We were we were throwing money left and right. People in the church that needed just trying to just trying to get yeah. it because we didn't want it piling up. I've had pastors call and they're like, oh man, we're having to drop missionaries and their mission budget's going down, but their general fund's growing. It's like you're telling me you got two hundred fifty thousand dollars sitting in your general budget, and you're dropping missionaries. <laughs> right? No, right. You, you don't understand God's heartbeat. If that's right. your mindset, right. yes, yes, it, it, that is God's heartbeat. Well, yeah. and and it allows us to 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 look at are the missionaries that we're supporting? Do they define missions the same way that we define missions? Do they find, define doctrine the same way that we define sound doctrine? So, you know, a lot the majority of the ministries that we're supporting overseas um, in our international stuff are doing one of two things. Um, if it's really missionary support, if we're really talking about missions, I think that 
the, the distinctive factor between missions and evangelism. And there's nothing wrong with evangelism ministries. We need to be, um, and we need to be doing that here and there and everywhere. But what makes it mission is that we're going across some kind of boundary, linguistic boundary, cultural boundary, religious boundary, take the gospel to people groups who would not have access otherwise. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it mission. Yeah. When we're talking about overseas, especially. I would even say, the reason I look at Utah as real missions and not just evangelism in Utah is because we're overcoming boundaries to take the gospel to people who don't have access to the gospel because what they have out there is not the gospel, Mormon gospel. And so um, that is missions. Well, that means not everybody, not everybody the SBC defines missions that way, but we can look for people who they define missions that way. And that's what they're doing. And I would say that's what Josh Wormley's doing. He's doing that kind of missions ministry. The other kind of missions ministry that we're able to do um, overseas is training of pastors. Because listen, you you can't see the nations discipled if there aren't brothers to shepherd those people, to preach the gospel to them, just like you preached to us a while ago, and to really shepherd them, to really love those people, to have that kind of maternal uh, kind of love for those people that you preached to us just a while ago. I would encourage everybody watching, uh, uh, go to probably Sermon Audio and you can find that Sermon sermon. Audio slash Lee Creek. Look under the uh, Preachers of Grace link. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure Pastor Allen will have it up in a couple yeah. of days, and that and that'll be fantastic. It was a good sermon, but I, I look at that and I say those those are our priorities as a church. Those are our priorities: gospel access and training pastors. Well, we're able to take the the funds that we have that isn't a lot. But we're able to say we're going to put all the funds into people that. And so, like this month, we're supporting a missionary in uh, South Africa that he and his wife moved down there. And that's what he's doing. He's training pastors. Well, they need pastors in South Africa. And so we're able to support that. So um, I think a lot of times people just say, well, this agency, they say they're missions. Well, well, they, they might be somebody's golf mission. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that may be right. what they are. Yeah, right. And so we want to make right. sure that we're supporting real missions. Man, we've, uh, we've gone for over 30 minutes, Wade. It's been good. You know, I, I think uh, you nailed it when you said missions is the very heartbeat of God himself and how important it is for churches to be mission-minded and uh, to be involved and really for the, the pastor to lead in that. And so if, if a pastor is not mission-minded, then, then the church where you pastor is not going to be mission-minded. It starts with the pastor leading his people uh, to, to support missions. And one quick story we recently had a missionary that we support for years who passed away in Kenya uh, from cancer, sick. And um, our church, three different times within a six months, well, a year span, took up a special love offering. And um, we wrote letters. We did certain things to try to minister to them in a very difficult time in their life. And we would not have been able to be a blessing to them had we not known them and supported them through the mission is the way we do that now. So um, wife just came back from Kenya. She visited our church just recently, and she was just absolutely moved by the support, the love, even in the monetary gifts that we gave and how that helped them take care of medical bills, funeral costs, all of those things. Our people heard from her firsthand. They were moved. And again, this is just one of the reasons why our church moved more in that direction. And it's, it's been for the ultimate good and for God's yeah. glory. Yeah. The last thing I'll say about all this is whether you're supporting through a mission board, we're not anti-mission board or local church. 
the main thing is know who, who you're supporting. I mean, the church that I am the interim pastor at is in the BMA, the Baptist Missionary Association, and they have international missionaries, and you pick one of their missionaries out. You, everything you send goes straight to that missionary. There's no cut. There's no middleman. And that kind of freedom to select that I want to support this guy, not that guy, or even their executive committee is funded by direct missionary support. So their executive committee is not taking money out and saying, well, we, we, we need, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars to make payroll and then we'll send the rest on down. And that's, you know, that's, that's the way you're operating by seeking your own support for the work you're doing and then the funds of the ministry going here. And so there's not like a, a right way and a wrong way to do missions, but there's a good way and a better way. And, and it, I think that's what we're trying to get across. So if you're in the convention and you're like, I don't know how to do this, man, call one of us, you know, leave a comment on a video or, you know, send something through uh, Twitter, get in touch with Wade or I. And, uh, you know, if you want to talk to one of these men, get in touch with us, we'll, we'll get you in touch with them. But the main thing is take mission serious. I mean, uh, it's a serious thing. It's intentional. It's not just the secretary writes a check once a month and we did missions. It's like Eddie was saying, it's sharing the gospel beyond boundaries. It's intentional work. And we just want to encourage you to do that. Any last words before we wrap up the podcast today? I just want to say thanks for having me on the Patriot Pastor podcast. All right. You got your own podcast. Why don't you plug that real quick? Uh, It's it's called the Standing in the Gap podcast. It's just me expounding through, um, especially when I left the pastor, I knew that I needed an outlet for uh, not having it week, week right now. Standing in the Gap podcast and maybe through your faithful prayers and support, Eddie and Quattro will start up the Rural yeah. Church I, I was podcast. about to say, I probably shouldn't say anything, but might just tease with there's a possibility of the return of the Rural Church podcast. Hey, we were in this reunion. same room about four or five years ago. Yeah, when, that's right. When Quattro and Eddie interviewed you and I on some. Yeah. That's right. We sure did. And <laughs> so, from from after that after that podcast, it went downhill, didn't I it? I think it did. <laughs> now we're trying to bring it back from the ashes. So, anyways, thank you guys for tuning in today. If you've listened this far, I'm sure there's a special crown in heaven for you when you get there. Just mention that you endured this episode and, and do think seriously and pray seriously about missions and how to lead your church. Or if you're not the leader of the church, how to participate in your church on mission. So I'll thank you two guys for coming oh, Wait as usual. We're going to get off here. There's a bunch of people floating around. We're going to go fellowship and, and probably take a nap before we come back and hear more preaching. So thanks for tuning in today. God bless you.